Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries, a disciple-making family of churches focused on the reality of Christianity. We pray that this teaching will help you grow in your revelation of Jesus and increase in fruitfulness in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Some faces are familiar. And there's one particular face that, that is familiar, but I've not been seeing it, but I'm good to see him tonight. He's here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. And some faces are getting more familiar. Hallelujah. Um, we are going to have fun tonight. How many of you are prepared to have fun? We don't want a boring church. We don't want a stiff church. Hallelujah. One church where people are encouraged, where people are strengthened, where people are educated, where people have their minds renewed. And I had a word when I was there. The word was that uh, the teaching that is happening in this ministry is a teaching that is by God to get you to move. Many have been in a, in a place, you know, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3 says, for how long have you been going around that same mountain? Turn north and go. So these are teachings that are coming to release you from a place where you've been struggling. Some people have been struggling with healing. Some people have been struggling with a lot of things and they just could not uh, get things to come around. But now this teaching that has come, including what I'm going to talk to you tonight, is to persuade you to leave that hill that you've been wandering around all the time, all the time, all the time. God does not send a, a message, a word to you so that you can stay in the, in the rut that you are in. He sends a message because that's how he wants to take you out. So if you will be humble to receive, you will benefit, you will be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Let me pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for calling us to this triumphant and victorious life that we have in Christ Jesus. It does not matter where or what situation we find ourselves in. We win always as we put to work the spirit, the power that is wrought in us in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that even tonight as I preach, as the word comes forth, as the utterances are coming forth, people are strengthened. People are healed in their body. Joy is restored in broken hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. No, uh, okay. So we are really here for fun. And our fun is in the word. Hallelujah. Tonight I'm going to be talking to you about the everlasting covenant of God. God does not change. God does not repent. He does not change his mind. Amen. And my, my uh, idea tonight is to persuade you and help you look at your Bible and see one page. We must, as Christians, be able to tell the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Today, I'll give you a concise of it, a summary of it. But before we start quoting verses, a lot of people who quote verses don't know what they're talking about. Even the devil quotes verses. Verses are not for quoting. Verses are for explanation. Okay? We quote verses to explain them, to unleash the life that is in the word of God there. There are many stories in the Bible, and a lot of people get lost in the stories. Some people get lost in the history. It's not a book of history. It's a book of his story. Praise the, praise the Lord. So we are going to help each other. We're going to move together uh, to see that God has got only one promise, only one plan, only one desire, only one purpose for all mankind. It's a perversion 
it's ignorance, it's deception that we find in the world that there are many religions. Christianity is, a, is not a religion in case you are looking for one. And if you have already thought that it is a religion, no wonder why you are not happy. Because religion is what you do to make God happy. Religion is what you do to be acceptable by God. Christianity is what God has done in Christ Jesus to make you acceptable. No burden, no pressure. Amen? And we've been talking about covenant. And I'll tell you up front that a covenant is not an agreement. A covenant is not a contract. That very understanding has ruined marriage, has ruined the relationship between God and his man. Because if you are in a contract, you expect the other party or parties to keep up their part of the deal. If they don't, you deal with them. Especially in marriage. We've got a covenant of marriage. You, you don't have a covenant of marriage. You need to be taught again. Amen? When somebody comes to marry someone says, Anna, will you marry me? <laughs> it's an invitation. She says, yes. Do you start drawing? It's not a contract. Amen. Yes, you've made it a contract now. That's why you need the magistrate to go and break it. It's not supposed to be. I'm talking to somebody here. Just give each other some space. Don't be offended all the time. Give somebody, your husband, your wife, room to make mistakes and forgive them. The person who deserves forgiveness is a person who's done wrong. If she has not done wrong, she does not deserve forgiveness. So don't hold it. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to... My note has shifted. I was going to preach on something that I preached in Zimbabwe. A lot of you are going to fall off your chairs right now. <laughs> we are going to read from Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. This is God approaches uh, the, the nation of Israel with his promise. Because you see what happens with the, what happened with the nation of Israel is that they were in captivity, which was prophesied in Egypt. And God, because of his promise, that he had, he had his covenant with Abraham, he goes to rescue them from Egypt. Not because they prayed, but God is faithful to his word, to his covenant, to his promise. So he goes to rescue them from there. Okay? So, and he, the, the book of Genesis is the message Practically speaking, the book of Genesis is the message that was preached to Israel in the Exodus. Okay? The book of Genesis is not a historical account of creation. If you are going to use the book of Genesis to argue about creation, the atheist will make you a fool. Because it's not meant for that. He's not talking about creation. How do you talk about creation? He says, in the beginning, God made the heaven and earth. And then verse 2, he says, and the earth was without form and without, was void and without form. And the spirit was hovering over the waters. And then it goes to verse 3, he says, and God says, let, let there be light and there was light. Where is that light that he said, let there be light and there was light? Where is it? Because on that day, there was no sun, there was no moon, there was no stars. They were not even created. There was no ESCOM. So if we take ESCOM off, we take the stars off, we take the moon out, we take the sun out, 
can we find that light that he said, let there be light and there was light? Can you see? It's not a book of creation, a history of creation. And never use it for that. Jesus himself, he says in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, he says, and beginning at Moses, when he says beginning at Moses, he's saying beginning at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all those five books were written by who? Moses. So he says, and beginning at Moses, which means beginning at Genesis 1.1, he expound and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. What is all the prophets? Isaiah, Malachi, Joel, all those guys. So he says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures. How many scriptures? All the scriptures. The things concerning the creation of the earth. The things concerning himself. So he opens Genesis 1-1 and he preaches about himself. Genesis 1-2 is talking about Jesus. Genesis 1-3 is talking about Jesus. Let there be light. He is the light. Genesis 1-26. It's him. Praise the Lord. So Genesis is a promise. So now let's, let's, let's catch it up in uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5-6. to six. Now therefore, if you will Obey my voice. The word voice there is gospel. Okay? If you, if you will in, if you, um, tongue tight. Somebody pray. There, there must be some demons who are, who are trying to prevent me from praying, from preaching here. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, demons here. Amen. If there, there is no demon that stays in a room. There is no demon that stays maybe in a mic or in a in a tell. You know the sangomas. Do you know sangomas? There is no demon that stays in a in a in a sangomas. You know that tell they use the, or in a horn. Did you ever see Jesus cast a demon from a horn, from a sangoma, from a tree, or from a, a corner? If there are demons here, you brought them. <laughs> Leave that cat alone. Leave people. <laughs> Let's get on now. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. That word, all the earth is mine, is talking about the promise of God for salvation over all the earth. Okay? Verse 6, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests is a royal priesthood. A king who is a priest. A king who serves. In the kingdom of God, there is, it's a counterculture from the kingdom of the world where people want to be known to be big because they want to dominate others. The kings in the kingdom, they save. That's why Jesus took his towel and started washing. That's the kingdom of the what? That's the, that's the, that's the reigning of the kings of the kingdom. We reign by peace, we reign by service. So that's kingdom of priests, royal kingdom. Hallelujah. So God was giving Israel a covenant of royal priesthood to go and preach the gospel in all the earth. First, Israel was supposed to believe the promise of God and then from there, go out with the promise in all the world. The same way that today you are saved and God, God expects you to go and preach the gospel. Don't say when you are saved, then I'm the chosen of God, I'm the chosen of God. That's what Israel thought. thought they, they thought they were the special people of God. They are not. You are going to find out today. 
Did you think so? Israel is not the chosen people of God. God has got no favoritism. He does not play favorites. Then he says, these are the words, words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now, to know exactly what that verse is talking about, we can trace it to where it's fulfilled and we find out what it's talking about. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise the Lord. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Can you see exactly what we're reading in Exodus? You are a chosen. There you are saying, I want to make you a chosen. Now it's fulfilled. And this verse uh, uh, 2, uh, verse 9 in First uh, Peter chapter 2, he's talking about who? You, the believers. Then he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, exactly what we're reading there. A holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him we have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's a tricky word there. Show forth praises. What does that mean? Is that mean talking about praise and worship? What does that mean? Don't answer in case you get it wrong. Amen. <laughs> show forth praise. It's not praise and worship, but it's to carry out his work, plant on the earth. Show forth his virtue, his general power. Let's read another verse that will give us clarity. The Passion translation says, But you are God's chosen priests who are kings. Can you see royal priesthood? Priests who are kings. In the history of Israel, there was never a king who was a priest. There was David, the king, and then there were the prophets. But this is a royal kingdom. Kings who are priests. That's the call. So, but you are, you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a, a spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness. The, the darkness of Genesis 1-2. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. That's let there be light. It's already talking about salvation. That, that's what Genesis is talking about. And now he, he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Is that not the Great Commission? So Israel was called to believe God and go in all the nations with the gospel. Now they said, oh, we are the chosen God. And they did not do what was supposed to be done. They break his covenant. Praise the Lord. So Israel was called to believe the gospel and to turn and intend to take the gospel to the whole world. But did they believe? No. Did they carry out the great commission? No. The Bible says in, in uh, Hebrews 3 verse 19 that they did not end up because of an belief. So Israel was called to the promise. The same way Abraham was called to the promise. We know Abraham believed. And Abraham is not Jewish. Abraham was Gentile. Abraham kept the covenant. You see, he kept the covenant. What does it mean he kept the covenant? Keeping the covenant is not keeping your side of the deal. Keeping the covenant is believing what God has said he's going to do for you. So the word covenant, we can just remove it in all the pages of the Bible and replace it with the word promise. So Genesis chapter 26, verse 4 to 5. This is God speaking to Abraham's child, Isaac giving him the promise that he had given to Abraham, the promise that was given to Noah, the promise that was given to Abel, the promise that was given to Adam. Adam did not believe. Abel believed. Cain did not believe. Noah believed. Abraham believed. Now we are faced with Israel. 
We see how Israel. Now we, we're talking about Isaac. We're going to find out Isaac believed. But Israel, who come from Isaac's son, did not believe. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Can you see? In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Not Israel shall be blessed. And when this promise is made, there was no nation called Israel. So it's all the nations, including Israel. But it's not exclusive to Israel. Verse 5 says, Because Abraham obeyed my voice. What is voice? Gospel. Obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. You see, commandment is law there. So don't there, there are two laws in the Bible. There is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the law that Abraham believed. And there's also the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is what happens to a person who refuses the promise of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So Israel did not believe. How do we know? Let's go to the next chapter, verse tw chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse uh, 19 to 20. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. No! We don't want to be this king priest. We don't want to be this royal priesthood. You, Moses, go and speak to God, then you come to us. They refused. They rejected it. They rejected this ministry of king priests. Verse 20, and Moses said unto them, Fear not, for God is come to prove you. What is to prove you? To test. Amen. To see, have you really believed him? Are you really for real? When you go to the showroom, you, you buy a Mercedes Benz, you know it's a Mercedes, a Mercedes Benz, but you test it. You are not testing to find out if it's a Mercedes Benz. You are testing to find out if you know, to enjoy the comfort. Is this the comfort I want? Amen. So God, Moses says, God wants to see you, that want to test you, that you have really believed him. But they said, no, we don't want. So Israel rejected the covenant of promise. And that is the reason Moses brought in the old covenant. So the old covenant is what happens when you reject the promise of God for salvation. Amen? So the old covenant came after the new covenant. Let's go to Exodus chapter 28, verse 1, New Living Translation. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abu, Eliezer, and Abner set them apart for the rest of, from the rest of the people of Israel, so they may minister to me and be my Can you see now? This is now the Levitical priesthood. So the Levitical priesthood and the law are a response to the rejection of the covenant. They came after Israel rejected the covenant. So it's not God who gave the Old Testament. God gave the one testament, the one covenant, the one promise of life, the promise of the spirit. But when they rejected, Moses now gives them the law. Let's go also to Exodus 29. I'm still reading from the New Living Translation. This is the ceremony you must follow when you consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Can you see? The Aaronic priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, comes into play as a result of rejecting the covenant of God. Everything that came with this priesthood, the, the ironic or Levitical priesthood, 
after the rejection of the covenant of promise is what is called the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. It's clear that the New Covenant is actually older than the Old Covenant because the New Covenant came before the Old Covenant. And the book of Galatians makes that point very clear. Which point? That the Old Covenant is younger than the New Covenant. Galatians 3 verse 7, I'm reading from the Good News translation. It says, what I mean is that God made a covenant with Abraham and promised to keep it. The law, which was given 430 years later, can you see? The law was given as a rejection of the covenant given to Abraham, which means the law was given 430 years later. That law is what is called the old covenant. That law cannot break the covenant and cancel God's promise. But that law that was given as a result of rejecting the promise cannot cancel the promise of God from the beginning. The promise of God is still available. When God says, I make a new covenant, he's not saying I'm doing another covenant, I'm doing another promise. No, he is saying, I am saying the same covenant again. It's still available. Though Adam rejected it, though Israel rejected it, though so-and-so rejected, Cain rejected it, it's still available for all the world. The covenant of God, the promise of God. So the law does not cancel it. Let's go to Numbers 14, verse 37. Even these men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. So this was Israel's response to the covenant. You know, Israel brought in a what? A, an evil report. Do you know what is called an evil report? An evil report is a report that slanders God. It's a report that defames God. It's a report that portrays God as an evil being. He brought us out of Egypt to kill us. That's what they were saying. It's a report that casts a wrong picture about God. It's a malicious report. It's a report that contradicts God. And because of this COVID, COVID thing, we have seen men of, I don't, I don't want to call them men of God. We have seen preachers slandering God, saying things that contradict the nature of God, saying God has sent uh, COVID-19 to teach us a lesson. God is a master communicator. He teaches us, yes, but through his word. That's why I'm here. This is God teaching you. So they did not believe. And they did not have faith in the promise. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a forward generation, children in whom there is no faith. So Israel is a nation that did not have faith. Only two guys, Caleb and Joshua, said no. What God, is say, what God says is so. Even if they are giants, we are well able to defeat them. They are bred to us. We eat them up. The same thing with, with this COVID. The word of God is still standing. The word of God is not locked down. The thing is, you allow yourself, you allow the world to put fear into you. You know, even wrestlers, even boxers, have you seen before they get into the match? They are shouting at each other, shouting at each other, intimidating each other. If you are intimidating, intimidated before the ring, by the time you get to the ring, you are knocked out. So all these social media, all this news about, hey, that, that. How can you say COVID cannot be treated? When people are, I got COVID and I beat it. I refused to I not take medicine. I beat it. I ate it like bread, like bread. The word of God is alive. I'm sure here there might be some of you, you collided with it and you are here today. The biggest thing is fear. 
And fear comes because you are not sure, you are not confident of the word. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is sure and established. It will not move for you. The word of God is full of power to become what it says. The word of God is only waiting for a heart of man that believes. And when, the, when a word of God gets into a heart that believes, a heart of faith, it becomes what he's talking about. No discrimination. Praise the Lord. But Israel did not have faith. Hallelujah. What exactly was promised to Abraham? This is what we want to know. Because you've got wars breaking out in the Middle East because they think what was promised to Israel was what? The land. So they are fighting for that piece of land. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham, when he got to Canaan, he was still looking for another country, which means he has, he has, he has not yet gotten to the promise. He did not build a mansion in Canaan. He built a tent because he knew he was still going to some land. So what was the land promised to Abraham? Let's read Galatians 3 verse 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So what was the promise to Abraham? The Holy Spirit. All that stories about land, all that stories about Holy uh, those are parables. But when we come to the perfection now, to the end of the story, we realize that it was the spirit promised to Abraham. Hallelujah. So it's actually the spirit that was promised to Abraham. But you see, when you go into the, into the Old Testament, that same promise, they say it in many different ways. Let me read Hebrews 1, verse 1. It says, God who had sundry times in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So in, in, the, in the, from Genesis to Malachi, God is speaking in many different ways, parables and prophets, talking about the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So now, the, Jesus came. He died. He rose. Now he makes the spirit what? Available. That's why when he said on the, on the last supper, he says, this cup of my blood in the new covenant, he is not saying I'm bringing something new. The new covenant is saying the promise is still fresh and available. And now it's going to be delivered to you through my death, burial, and resurrection. That's all he's saying. He is not bringing anything new. Now let's go to Revelation. Ah, I started from Genesis. I've, I'm, I've already finished the Bible. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. And he has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Can you see? That which was promised to Israel and they rejected, it came to you and me through the gospel. We have accepted and we are made kings and priests. Sometimes when people want to fight the people in the world or your boss at work, you say, God is God. God is king of kings. You think God is king of your president. He is not. God is king of other kings, the believers. He is not king of kings in the world there. He is king of kings. Hallelujah. So, can you see that this is the same covenant given to Israel, but they rejected it. How did he make us kings and priests unto God? We believed the promise and they received the spirit. That is what Israel failed to do. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. They use this book to intimidate people, this book of Revelation. Listen, the book of Revelation was written by John. So, if you want to understand the book of Revelation, go to the Gospel of John, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, and read it together with this book. Because in Revelation, John is not contradicting what he had said in all the other books. 
but it's heavily parabolic and symbolic. So the things that they're talking about, mark and all those things, there is no mark that is coming to anyone. Don't you have a mark right now? According to the Bible, you, don't you have a mark? The seal. And when you go to Revelation, did you tell you that the believers will have a mark? Now you think somebody's going to come and draw here or write 666. If it's a 666, you are looking for, who doesn't have a cell phone here? And who doesn't know a number of your cell phone here, whether it be government or whatever, who doesn't know? And your cell phone numbers registered in your own names. So if the government wants to trace you where you are, don't they know where you are? Right now they know you're sitting here. So don't you have already a 666? Even if they want to put chip here for your identification, it's got nothing to do with that. You cannot lose salvation. Chip here means it's just a birth certificate that is electronic. You've had a birth certificate since you're a child. That is 666. <laughs> they use this, this book to intimidate people. Anyway, let's get, let's get going. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 to 10. And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to, be, to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Can you see all nations? Verse 10. And he has made us unto our God kings and priests. What Israel rejected, we have taken it. So Israel cannot be better than you. Israel is an unbeliever. Those people, the Jews, if they don't receive the gospel today, they go to hell. There's no plan B. There's no plan B. So from the beginning, the promise was never just for Israel. The promise was always for all the people and all the nations of the world. And Israel was called to believe the promise or the gospel and then to take it to all the world. But they failed. How can God favor people who don't believe him? Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. <laughs> that book, can you see who's preaching the gospel from this beautiful book of Revelation? But when they pick it up, they want to tell you things that are imaginary. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he would dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. What is a tabernacle? Thank you. Can you see a tabernacle? This, this place here is not a temple. This is not a temple. This is just a building. God does not dwell here. God came here because you came. When you go, you are going out with him. Praise the Lord. So that, that Revelation 21 verse 3 is actually the tabernacle of God is the new creation. Is you. That's the fulfillment there. So he has made us kings and priests. So this is the fulfillment of the promise which was prophesied. Ezekiel said this. You see, that verse in Revelation quote directly from the prophet Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 27 he says my tabernacle also shall be with them yea I will be their God and they shall be my people that is what is called the house of God when Jacob where he slept in Genesis uh, what Genesis what there Genesis I think 28 when he slept at a place and he woke up and he saw this ladder angels going up and down and he said this is the house of God, Bethel. Was there a building there? It is a prophecy of the church. Bethel, Bethel is what? House of God. Did he build a building? God does not live in these temples. Even Solomon, when he built his temple, he says, God cannot live in here. If you seen some prophets going to Israel, they, they say, write your prayer request. They say, I'm going, I'm going to that temple to pray. There is no God there. God is not in Israel. So this is the fulfillment of the promise which was prophesied by Ezekiel. So the tabernacle of God is the church 
It's where God dwells. The new creation, the union of God and man. So the promise from Genesis was always about the new creation. It was about salvation. Now let's go to Titus 1 verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot die, promised before the world began. So can you see this? This is the promise from the beginning. The promise of what? Eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is when a man receives the spirit of God. When the spirit of God comes to you, that is what is called eternal life. So you do not have the spirit of God and your own spirit. A lot of people have got that confusion. Otherwise, you are a monster. Your spirit is eternal life, is the life of God. There is no difference. If we are to x-ray you, we cannot see the spirit of God packed there and your spirit packed there. All we see is the spirit of God in you. Praise the Lord. So Galatians 3 verse 9 says, uh, and if you be Christ, how many of you are Christ? Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according, it means you possess heirs, are possessors of the promise, which means you have received the promise that was given to Abraham. And the promise was always about the Holy Spirit. So we possess what was promised to Abraham, it was not lent. We possess the promised spirit of God. We are the new creation. We are the new Israel of God. You want to see Israel? This is Israel. Uh, this is true Israel. There is fake Israel. <laughs> Let's go to Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 6 verse 15. I'm reading from a Bible called The Voice. I'm lending now. Let, let me be clear. Circumcision won't save you, and circumcision won't either, for that matter. For both amount to nothing. God's new creation is what counts, and it counts for everything. When we say circumcision, he's talking about all those things you can think of. Can I name them? Don't stone me. Hold your stones. He's talking about the circumcision itself. He's talking about baptism. He's talking about... <laughs> All those things. Now, then you go to the book, it says, all those that believe will be baptized. It's true they'll be baptized, but why did you put water? Did you see water there? Is water the only baptism that there is? Whenever you see baptized, don't put water there. They did not put water there. Because there are many different baptisms. It's not always water. Uh, you give me a look like that. Don't look at me like that. Nah, let me just deal with you here. Let me just deal with you here. Quickly. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. If you want to swim, just go and swim. It's getting warm. So all those people in the picture, are they, are they being baptized? <laughs> it says, I indeed, this is, the, this is the prophet John. He's talking about what he's doing. Okay? He was baptizing with what? Water. So he says, I indeed baptize with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So he's saying, I am baptizing with water, but when Jesus comes, he is not going to be baptizing with water, he's going to be baptizing with the Spirit. He is not, John is a prophet. He is prophesying what is going to happen with the Spirit. And he is using water as teaching aid to demonstrate that the, the Spirit will cleanse you like water. So when he says in John 3, 5, when he says, unless you are baptized with water and the Spirit, he is saying water. He's used a parable. He's used a metaphor. And then he explains, unless you are baptized with water, which is the Spirit, 
unless you are born of water, which is the spirit, you cannot be born of water. You are born of the spirit. So he is saying, unless you are born of water, which is the spirit. He is now explaining that the water that John was talking about, he was demonstrating teaching aid. It was a teaching aid. You know, you are teaching children mathematics. You use oranges and mangoes to, to do addition. But you are not teaching. You are not talking about fruits. You are talking about mathematics. John was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was not talking about baptism of water. But he was using water to demonstrate the effects, the cleansing effect of the spirit. So unless you are, you cannot have forgiveness unless you have the spirit of God. When it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, it's saying, what is the glory of God? The spirit of God. He's saying they have sinned. They don't have the spirit of God. They are short of the spirit of God. They don't have the spirit of God. When you have the spirit of God, that's the end of sin. Someone says, how about blood? Blood is still a parable of the spirit, just like water is a parable of the spirit. Let me, let me finish. Give me two minutes. Oh, let me see. I can, I can dance there. Let's see. Praise the Lord. Where was that? Talking about Titus, talking about Galatians, it got dark, dark. Okay, we are, we're talking about Israel of God. I want to read Galatians chapter 6, verse 15 to 16 in God's word version. It says, certainly doesn't matter whether a person is circumcised or not, whether he's baptized or not, whether, whether you wear, I don't know, whether you've got earrings or not, whether you've got um, long hair or not. It does not matter. You know, the thing is where they cannot say Let's go to So here it says. Now, verse 16. Now, this is where I was going. Peace and mercy will be. We'll come to rest on all those who conform to this principle. Which principle? That's all the rituals don't matter. They are the Israel of God. Can I see the Israel of God put their hands up? They are the Israel of God. But if you seen churches collect your money and they're saying they are sending to Israel because whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. It's a lie. You are, let me read another version. The, the, the Amplified says, for neither circumcision now or of any importance, no uncircumcision, but only a new creation is what matters. The result of a new birth and a new neck in Christ Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 16 now, listen to that. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, who discipline themselves and regulate their lives by this principle. Even upon the true Israel of God. That's why I told you that Israel is fixed. Romans 2, let me finish with this. Romans 2, verse 28 to 29. You are Israel. You look like a rabbi, my friend. Are you a rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> There are people who are blowing those horns. They will call it what that is called. They are blowing those horns. They are going to the mountains to blow those horns. That is weirdness. That is superstition. Before they can pray, they put that, they put that they prayer shower. There is nothing there. That is idol worship. Amen. Now, Romans 2, verse 29. He says, for you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. Can you see? Being born of a Jew does not make you a true Jew. They are true Jews. They are fake Jews. 
Those in Israel who have rejected Christ are fake Jews. Let's see verse 29. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. A true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. This circumcision is not talking about cutting. It's talking about the whole law. All the rituals. It is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. Can you see? And a person with a change of heart is praise from God, not from people. Who is a true Jew? Here. Put your hand up now. So do you know also there's a fact, there's a fake baptism. There's a fake circumcision. And there's a fake truth of Let's read Philippians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. I'm reading from the voice. It says, Watch out for the dogs, wicked workers, who run in flesh looking for someone to mar with their false circumcision. And false baptism. We are the true circumcision. Those who was in spirit and make our boast in Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. So we do not rely on what we have accomplished in the flesh. That's what you are doing in the flesh. When you believe, you are baptized. This is the whole plan of God for men from Genesis to Malachi. The new covenant made us new creatures and the ministers of the same new covenant to the world. We are not under the new testament. We are not under the new covenant. We are not under the old covenant. We are not under the old. old Testament, we are made a new creation by the new covenant being fully fulfilled in us. And now, as the new creation, we minister the new testament or the new covenant to the world. We are custodians of the new covenant, of the new testament. We are not under the new covenant. We are not under any testament. We are not under any covenant. Ah, somebody wants to argue. If you want to argue, I can tell you. If they are prepared to, to stay here another hour. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, the passion says, Now if anyone is, is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has been is vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Can you see? A new covenant is a fresh covenant. But when you receive it, you are now a fresh creation, a new creation. And God has made us all, God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry. Can you see? We are now given the ministry of reconciling others to God. We are given the ministry of ministry the new covenant to the world because the new covenant is still a new covenant to the world. The new covenant is not a new covenant to you because it has been fulfilled in you. So the new covenant produces a new creation. The new creation goes to minister the new covenant to the world who has not received the new covenant. Amen. Verse 19. In other words, it is it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgression, and has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carried the message, the message that gives the spirit. So we minister the new covenant. We are not under any covenant. Praise the Lord. First, he has made us sufficient ministers of the new covenant by receiving the Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, he says, Now that we are not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who, 
also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. We are ministers of the New Testament. We are ministers of the New Covenant. We are not under covenant. This is what you need to believe so you can get out of that wandering around the hill, believing things, chanting things that don't make sense. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And now we are not ashamed to minister the new covenant. I'll close with this one. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. Listen to me nicely. There's a lot of cheating, a lot of fraud in many churches. You see, I speak for God and I let God speak through me. It does not matter where it's being done. If it's fraud, it's fraud. If somebody is telling you, ring tight so that you get blessed, that person is a fraudster. It does not matter who he is. We got no respect for men. We got respect for God. That is stealing. When we are giving, Angojale, we are giving to meet the needs of others. We are not giving to get. That's me. Imagine, I want money from you. Okay? Because I'm broke. Then I come to you. I say, my friend, I can see you're having some financial problems. But for your financial problems to be sorted out, so into my life. Imagine, when you give me the money, am I, am I grateful? It's like I'm doing you a favor. Yet I'm the one who was broke. How can you collect people's money like that? So all these people who collect the guys are not even grateful of the money you give them. Because they think, yeah, they think they are doing you a favor when they are pulling your money out of your pocket. Don't go to such churches. Give, yes, give. We give in church. But it is criminal for any man of God to tell you that for you to make money, tithe. Most of these tithers, they are working for people who don't tithe. How come? How come? Bill Gates, is, is he tithing Bill Gates? No. Bill Gates. He, he does not even want to know about Jesus. He, he laughs at Jesus. He ridicules Jesus. He does not, he does not believe there is God. But he's not dead. You've been tithing, tithing. Now the children don't have enough to eat. Give what you can afford to give. Stop going to churches that tell you to tithe. The problem is you worship men because they lie to you. It is not in the church of Jesus Christ to tithe. Have you ever seen in the book of Acts, the church, the history of the church? Because we can check it out in the book where they were tithing. Did you see it? <laughs> are, 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 you, are you a tither? Are you a tither? Tell me now. Paul said, I stayed in, in a place for three years and he, he did not receive anybody's tithe. It breaks my heart. And coming from the pulpit, I don't mind people robbing people on the street because it's fine. <laughs> they are criminals. But for a man of God to stand here and make you sit down, then he robs you and you're sitting down like that. It's another thing. The last one. The last one, let's just uh, land now. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. Can you see? We have been, we've been given this ministry of ministering the new covenant. That's what we minister. Minister means to save. We save the new covenant. We save. How do we save it? By preaching the gospel. That's what we are saving. Because whoever believes will receive the spirit. That is the promise. And we, we will not quit or faint with weariness. Now listen to this one. That's where I was going. We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to cunning and trickery or distorting the word of God. Instead, we open up our souls to you by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience 
in the light, in the sight, in the presence of God. But there are people who are still in tricks to get your money. If you are stingy, you are saying, mm, now I found a church mm, because you don't want to give. We teach to give here, but we don't rob people of their money. Praise the Lord. Say, Father, thank you. Father, Father thank you. For the ministry. For the ministry. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. Of teaching me. Of teaching me. The Word. The Word. I thank you. I thank you. As I meditate. As I meditate. On this message. On this message. As I go and check. As I go and check. On the truthfulness. On the truthfulness. Of this message. Of this message. I thank you. I thank that you. My mind that my mind. Is renewed. Is renewed. And when the truth. Settles in my heart. I will no longer be wandering around this little hill that has been bothering me. I'm turning north. I'm turning north. And there's progress. And there's progress in my life. In my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. If you'd like to contact us or get hold of more free teachings, please visit us online at www.gracelife.co.